when I was like back in middle school or high school, like I tended to really idolize friendships and like that was kind of like where I found my worth in. Um, Cause it'd be like, oh, like, oh, I feel like I have this many friends who want to hang out with me. So mm. like, I'm like, you know, like super like, like valuable, I guess, or like something like that. Welcome to Loading Please Wait, a podcast about two girls just trying to figure it out in college, faith, and life in general. I'm your co-host, Julia. And I'm your co-host, Stephanie. Join us as we share life updates, think through hard questions, and go through a lot of L's in the process. This is episode one, part one of a healthy relationship with XYZ, where we talk about, well, healthy relationships with different things, like friends, food, and other topics. We also think about why healthy relationships can be so hard to internalize, and no, we don't talk about dating. I guess we can kind of like ease into it and just like, I guess, I mean, when people say relationships, I feel like the first thing that comes into mind is like Mm -hmm. people to people relationships, right? Like a person to person connection. So I guess we're going to kind of start off with just like starting with like the basics of like, oh, friends, Mm -hmm. people. um, Yeah, I guess starting with that and then maybe like branching off into more like abstract relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I kick off the conversation. I tell Steph about my middle school and high school environment, and especially what it was like growing up in a majority white town. And then I talk about the mindset I had through all of that. For me, I've always had this kind of not mm, not incredibly like healthy way mm. that I view friendships. And that like usually I feel like seventy five percent of the time is like fine. But like when I feel like I get caught up in these like kind of bad thought cycles it like it like gets like exponentially like it's just like like worse right so that's wait that's interesting because i feel like when you're even talking about it since it seems like this is like an elementary like middle school like you know earlier on thing as well early trauma yeah right but and it's interesting because i think i guess we are kind of a lucky i don't know quote-unquote generation that like Mm -hmm. We, grew, we didn't really grow up with social media. Like, yeah. social media was more like a late middle school thing for us. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that that kind of... So that I feel like those fears are really common to hear mm-hmm. in, like, an age of social media. But, like, yeah. it's interesting that it's, it was still present, very much so. Yeah. Without social media, without right? Social media, yeah. yeah. Like, I literally... I remember I got Instagram. Oh, yeah, I told you this before. I got Instagram, like seventh or eighth grade okay. and literally like back i feel like even back in middle school or high school like it was fine like i was fine with it um i got instagram it was like that was the age where like everything in post is just like super cringy yeah like i feel like like middle schoolers now like i'm just like they're so just, like, sophisticated like, what is this they're so like yeah I know. put like, together where are the instagram like people don't even use the instagram filter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. um but yeah so basically i feel like that was like Maybe social media, like, added to it solely, but, like, I feel like it was there definitely before social media. And so I came to college, and then, basically, it was, like, whole freshman year, I was, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, who am I? We're friends. Um, and I feel like that was, like, this whole journey of learning that, like, like, I feel like it took me time to, like, realize that, like, I should be finding my worth in other things than, um, than, like, yeah, I guess, like, how many people, like, I hang out with. This is where the audio gets a little loud. There's a motorcycle in the background, but you've gotten the gist. Also, can we all just collectively cringe at my high-pitched voice? Like, please, Julia, like, never do that again. Okay, this is this part in the conversation where we pivot to Steph, 
Steph had a completely different upbringing than me. I grew up in one town my whole life, surrounded by the same people, and it's surprising to hear how different our perspective on friends is, because her experience with friends is not something that had even crossed my mind. I think for me, like my background, actually, I've moved a lot when mm. I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've stayed at a place longer, even to this day, longer than eight years. Um, and so home is like, I guess for me, home has always been a little bit relative. It's always been a little bit not like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I've grown up in this place. I have a childhood attachment to it. It's just like wherever I am, like permanently, it's like, it's like a legal ad- address. <laughs> a legal address. Just the legal address, that's uh-huh. it. Um, and I think because I've moved around so much, I think it's been harder and harder for me. I mean, actually, I, I would say college is an anomaly, but I think mm-hmm. up until pretty much high school, I think it was harder for me to really open up and really invest Mm-hmm. Um, in being able to open up to people and showing my true self. I think uh, moving a lot when I was a child has made me really adaptable and really perceptive to things. And I think I, I consider myself pretty, yeah, pretty amorphous. And I'm, I can pretty much, my, my personality changes quite a lot and I can kind of change myself depending on the mood of the group. Um, so I think because of that, it, it's, a, it's a skill that I don't think is necessarily the best because I feel... I'm kind of more blending in than like asserting my own style and character within a friend group. I'm kind of just like blending in with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes because, yeah, I think the more I, I try to just blend in and not seem like I'm the new girl, quote unquote, um, then yeah, the more I blended in, the less I opened up, the less I was able to show my true character or even explore with myself who I was. So yeah, I feel like for me, friends have never, has never been like a true source of like comfort or like a place where I can feel at ease it was just more like yeah just kind of a thing that i had to do kind of a to-do list kind of thing okay i i, I move in here new place there's a new school got new friends yeah just okay. have to have friends people uh-huh. i talk to yeah just like a little check a check mark thing mm-hmm. um i think especially also i think the fact that my grandparents like whenever i call them pretty consistently and like because they knew that like yeah i moved a lot around a lot they always asked me like oh like how's your friends and like i don't know if this is like the right way that they phrased it but they're always like oh how many friends have you made so it's almost like it's kind of like almost like a little yeah it's a to-do list I'm like oh i made five friends or like oh like i have 10 friends now like it was very much like a yeah an assignment to do um but yeah i think in high school definitely found people that i was able to open up with more and to spend more time with so i would say yeah i think coming out of high school i have at least like yeah one friend that i'm like super close with and like i've been able to open up a lot and like be okay and being vulnerable and like showing my weaker side and I think what I value a lot in that is I think the more you open up and like the other person opens up I think it's like a mutual thing where like it's a it's, there's like a synergy reform where like both mm-hmm. of you guys are comfortable with each other and like you trust each other um, and yes yeah, so I think I came into college I think wanted to kind of replicate that and I think I found that in people like Julia um, and other people as well but I don't know I think a part of me I still feel like I want a friend group um, I don't know why maybe it's just like society advertising oh my gosh you need a friend group or like I think it's a lot of like TV shows and whatnot you see like people like friend groups like oh my god it seems so like desirable but I don't think I necessarily have like a friend group um, and yeah I don't really have necessarily people like, I like call like childhood friends like no one really like, I don't, there's no one really I like, keep in touch with so like I feel like for me like my origin like my, my beginning starts here it's, it's kind of starts now like it's like people I meet today and now these are the people I'm like, oh, I want to still keep in touch with them in a few years. So kind of a roundabout answer, but that's kind of, yeah. Friend groups are interesting, especially to me, because my social life has basically circled around one for most of my life. 
Even now, it's hard to imagine because it feels like my default. I ask Steph, what exactly is it like without a group that feels like home? I mean, I think part of it was I felt kind of like I was intruding, like, like oh, like I feel like a lot of times as little kids, like I feel like you always have like a play play date group or like I don't know, just like a little like posse that like you know your moms know each other and like you guys would hang out each other with each other. And I think I felt like I was kind of just like stepping in, so I kind of had to like yeah, I kind of have to blend in with everyone else and just kind of like just just, just be neutral, you know, just don't. Don't don't rock, not rocking the boat. Just kind of coming in and just like, yeah, just like being like there. So I think because of that, I never really was able to like express myself or like yeah. I mean, as a little kid, like oh my gosh, do you want to play house or do you want to play this? You know, it's like I'll just go with the flow. Like just I think it's those little things like they add up. And I think as like a older person now, it's like I can see those kind of tendencies coming up again. Like just like just just going with the flow. Like not really thinking about what I want or what I want to do. Yeah. I feel like that's really interesting because like for me since I feel like I'm more like on the other spectrum Uh where like I feel like for me like part of the reason why like I I think I still do right but why like friends like is such an idol for me is because I really like appreciate like the comfort or like just the ease that being with a friend group like comes with and like I feel like I took that kind of like just like that enjoyment and I like really like just like turned it up to like Mm. oh like this is the thing that like I should like I put as like my one priority um and so like I feel like from like yeah I feel like ever since like I remember having a friend group like it was always like there's like yeah like there's these like really good qualities that come from a friend group but I feel like they can become like over like mm, all-encompassing and like kind of influencing like all these decisions you make like I remember back in high school like I always like prioritize my friend group like like on top of like everything like I feel like because it held that kind of place like that was like so high it was like when it when things weren't going well in the friend group it was like I like I wasn't like doing well and like I feel like it really impacted like just like me like in terms of like maybe like emotionally or like mentally like it was like it had a really big like influence on me but so I feel like there's like kind of like this it was just kind of like like a seesaw. Is that, is that well, like I like okay maybe not a seesaw but like <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think when it's good it's really good but when it was like bad it was like really bad. When it's good it's really good but when it's bad it's like really bad. Wait, I mean I don't think I have to be a relationship genius but that doesn't sound very healthy to me like at all. Steph catches on to this. Like there was so that much, there's there was so much like power or like influence over, yeah. Since so for me, it's like I moved around so much. So for me, like I kind of like I not not sacrificed, but I kind of like didn't give priority to myself. Mm. But then for you, it's like they your friend groups were such a priority that it was just like it over it was like prioritized over you, like yeah. over your needs and whatever. Yeah, freshman year, it was like I feel like I came to a lot of realizations about like how I viewed myself then. Um, but obviously I feel like it's still like, it's still something I struggle with. Um, I feel like right now it's just like, you know, it's just like a, like a wise upperclassman sophomore student. Um, like, okay. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm aware of it. Like I can see it when the thought like patterns happen. Like it doesn't stop me from like going through the thought process or like feeling the emotions. But in my head, like I know that like 
I'm more grounded, I feel, like, in where I kind of view, yeah, view that priority. Do you think that realization and that awareness comes with age, or is it comes with experience? You know, I just, I use my wise, experienced age. <laughs> I think freshman year came with just a lot of struggle, like a lot of, like, of yourself, or with your, within yourself, yeah. or with friends? Um, I think a lot of it was, like, self-inflicted. Okay. Like, because I feel like that year, I, I feel like I really got to know God more because, like, I'd be struggling with all of this stuff, and then I'd be like, I feel like he was very, like, he revealed a lot of things to me. About yourself? Yes, yes. And that was, like, oh, I was, like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I never thought about this before, like, in this way. Um, and I feel like it was like kind of freeing in that way when I realized it. Um, so do you think having a better awareness of yourself, like having being like God showing you like things, like teaching you things about yourself, how does that play into your like higher recognition and awareness with like how you handle friendships? Um, how does that connection work out? I gave her this whole spiel that I've thought about in my head before about the difference between recognizing something and truly understanding and coming to terms with it. Because there's often this wide gap between what we know we should be doing or what we know is best for us versus what we actually end up doing. If I really understood it, then like, you it could wouldn't really it. bother me anymore. Oh. Or like, it wouldn't really, you know what I mean? Like, So recognizing it, you could, you're still bothered by it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Recon- it's like recognizing it's it's like it's like kind of like in your head like it's mm-hmm. but then understanding it you would say like what's the difference it's like you kind of own up to it. it's kind of like you are mm-hmm. at peace with it like yeah I think more definitely more at peace like oh, more okay. like yeah I feel like what like mm, hopefully in the future right like when I like fully understand and like am able to like put in practice like what a healthy relationship with I was about to say XYZ <laughs> with friends looks like like. I think that like that would be that would be great like obviously yeah yeah I think I'm still just on like the journey there that's interesting yeah I mean this is like a might be a little bit of a a kind of abrupt subject change but Uh, when you when you're talking about recognizing and understanding like that kind of like difference Uh it got me thinking about like relationship with like food relationship with like body image like I think many people can recognize that they have struggles with their body image or struggles with their self struggles with like for me like yeah for people who don't know like i had an eating disorder when i was in middle school um but yeah i guess it's like i can i know i think at a certain point in middle school i recognized that this was not a normal relationship with food but i guess I don't, maybe I, I think i'm having struggle under like struggle with the word understand like maybe accept accept or yeah coming to terms kind of like yeah 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 yeah, or I think accepting it, yeah, accepting that, or like even like taking action, internalizing oh, okay. or taking action. Yeah. yeah, I think I recognized. Yeah, I, I I was aware that I had a bad relationship with food, but I didn't do anything about it. I, I was like I knew it was bad, and yet I continued. I mean, I mean, there's people. I mean, I'm I've never dated before, but I've like heard people. Right, it's like oh, like they know it's a toxic relationship, relationship yeah. and yet they continue on. So I guess there's, there is a difference with there is a subtle difference with like recognizing it. And like, I guess we haven't figured out the right word for this, but like, internalizing, taking action, like that kind of stuff. It seems like there's a gap in all of the relationships we've struggled with so far. We know what we should, quote unquote, be doing, but we don't do it. I think it's interesting, but I think now looking back, I say that I knew I recognized the struggle, 
But there was a good portion of time where I didn't recognize it. I was denying it. And I think I actually was like fully convinced I was not having a bad relationship with food. Um, this, I think, I mean, I'm sure this, I think social media might be playing a part in it as well. But my eating disorder was orthorexia, which is kind of the obsession of eating healthy food. So I wasn't anorexic, I wasn't bulimic. Like, it's not the usual, like, eating disorders I guess people see like it's not I wasn't like restricting myself but I wasn't yeah it was not a lot of like it was more of a nebulous kind of diagnosis diag diagnosis 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 oh yikes diagnosis sorry um apologies but it was like it was so harsh and I guess I was I mean yeah I was eating super healthy like I was not eating a lot of meat not eating any like processed like stuff like it was like pure like it was like it's like those like super like green like healthy looking instagram feeds like that was like my diet like my, my like what it looked like um and so I was, I was actually super convinced and so was my family that I was just it was just i was on a healthy kick but i think and like there was times where like i would like sit out of social events be super cranky and like be super like unappreciative of my mom who made other stuff like get korean food or whatnot and be like no i'm not eating it because it's like carbs i'm not, not eating it because it's like it's meat like I never realized that those things were like red flags. I just all excused it with like, no, I'm eating healthy. Like this is good. Like healthy is good. I feel like society tells us healthy is good. Like, you know, like green is good. Like veggies are good. Like, you know, like wellness, vegan. Like it's, I mean, I think everything in moderation, I think these things are good, but I think it's like, I just took it to an extreme extent. Um, I think for me, actually it took intervention for me to recognize it. It was at a doctor's office. Um, and the doctor was like, I'm not signing your health form for school unless you come back with 10 pounds added at, an, at, at the end of the summer. And I think that plus like, I think that signal, I think coming back home and then like kind of realizing like those like little, little signs, like, oh, like my hair was falling out. Like there was a lot of like clumps of hair on my, on like, you know, the shower, what's it like drain? Um, or like, like I lost my period. Um, I was always cold, and my hands and feet were always cold, even in the summer. Like, I think it took intervention for me to recognize it. Um, And sometimes I think, yeah, I think sometimes I think you need need a nudge sometimes. Like, your loved ones, like your friends, people around you sometimes might need to, like, nudge you to recognize certain things. Um, And I think once I recognized it, I think actually for me, I think the understanding or the the taking action part um, was a little bit easier. Yeah, and because I think because I had a lot of help, I had a lot of support from people to recognize it. I use that same support system to help me take action. So I think usually the people who want, I think usually the people who help you recognize it, they care about you enough that they want to also help you with the whole like addressing and like resolving part of it. So I don't know if I don't know what I was really answering. I don't know what question I was answering, hey, but yeah. Hey, even if you didn't know the question, it was a good answer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I follow up because I'm curious about how she's doing now. I want to know how she navigates this thin line of healthy eating, especially because for the most part, healthy eating seems to be inherently a good thing. That's so hard. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like with anything, like a relationship with anything, right? I mean, the fact that you want to have a relationship with XYZ means it's probably a good thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's probably a good thing that yeah. you want to invest time into it. Um, yeah, I think eating healthy, like taking care of your body is a good thing. And I took it to an extreme. That's a really hard question to answer. I think with, I don't know if this applies to all relationships, but at least with my experience with food, 
Um, I, I, yeah, I'm recovered, right? But I don't know if that means... Uh, that, 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 that does not mean that I'm completely removed from thoughts about food. Uh, I still get relapses sometimes. There's sometimes just things or words or things I see or hear that triggers those thoughts again. Um, and it's like, yeah, we're humans. Like we, we remember our thoughts. And so it's like those... There's sometimes there's times where th- those thoughts are triggered again. Um, but I think it's... A part of me, I think it's almost like the emotional memory of that time. This memory of it, um, I, I have mechanisms that kind of stop the relapsing from going any further. It's like it relapses, and then I'm like, I recognize it. I have a faster recognition, right? I'm, fa- I'm faster. A speedy sister. A, yes, I'm a speedy sister, yes. I'm, <laughs> much, I'm much speedier at recognizing those thoughts alone. Um, and when I, when I recognize it, then it's a lot easier then for me to, like, just be like, nope, like, not going to do it. Like, this is not healthy. Like, I need to just, like, just think a few... I think there's, like, yeah, there's, like, thought processes that I go over when those thoughts relapse again. Yeah, it's hard. I, I can't give a definitive answer, but it's... I think that's the thing. I mean, at least with food, I think I've heard a lot of people who have shared similar sentiments. It's one of those things that's it's a constant battle. Like, it's, like just because you recover it's not the end it's not the end it's something that i think once you take on to yourself it's like it's gonna always be with you it's like gonna relapse it's gonna come back at you um but i think it's just a matter of how well you can cope with it and like find mechanisms to quickly address it and i also think that um like i don't even want to say like eating disorder because i think a lot of people not even people who like had an eating disorder or have one like I think a lot of people just have unhealthy or not great relationships with food. Like, you can be a perfectly normal, healthy, like, nothing, no history with whatever with eating disorders. But there could be instances, like, little times, you know, like, that you just, like, think certain things that aren't really healthy. So I think, yeah, I think it's a matter of how well you can address and, like, come back to the happy point. But, yeah, I don't know. There's a, it's a, it's a hard question to answer. It's something that I'm still working on, I guess. So do we have a verdict? I mean, we've opened up a conversation that's a work in progress. Here's the thing. I think about normal relationships, not with things or abstract pedestals, but normal relationships with people. And those are tough. We go through stages or transitions with them. Sometimes we feel stuck at point A, or other times we have an amazing breakthrough to point B. I imagine our relationship with the more abstract, like the idea of a friend group or food and health, might not look all that different. They might still be, well, loading. And actually, that might be the whole point. So I have an announcement, which is that this is only half of our whole conversation. The next half is uploaded in our next episode, where we start talking about this often glorified obsession with TV and K-dramas, and exactly what sticking with the present means and looks like. Oh, and my audio gets a lot better. It was going to be also fun. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yes, back to the podcast.